tell, again, in 2 Peter 1 and verse 19, it says, we have, we as the church, as heavenly people, have the prophetic word more sure, to which you, us, all of us this morning do well to pay attention as, as to a lamp shining in a dark place. Of course, the dark place is this earth, Satan's kingdom. Until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart, and this is what God's preparing us for as the church. While prophecy is going on right now, we're seeing it fulfilled right before our eyes, this prophecy. And in this dark place, but for us, the day is dawning. Now that day began for us when we received Christ as our Savior in, in John 3 and verse 16. We received him, he being the light. He being that light in John 8, 12 and John 1 verse 5 and 1 John chapter 1 verse 5 and scores of other scriptures. But that Christ is the light. He came out of that loving relationship and continues in it in his his deity but he came out in his humanity and when he came out from that and we see that in John chapter 1 verses 1 and 2 and going into 3 and 4 we see that he's the light that came out so here we know this that this prophetic word is most sure again in 2 Peter 1 and verse 19 to which you do well to pay attention so God is having us pay attention us he wants us to pay attention meaning he wants our attention and he uses prophecy to do that once he has our attention and that's what he's after for us he's after our attention this is what makes it so very vital Hebrews chapter 1 12 verse 1 and 2 and we're to lay aside every weight and that sin that so easily causes us to stumble because that's what the original says in Hebrews 12 1 it causes us to stumble and the way that we do that is we look away from all that would distract we look away from all that would distract unto Jesus now for us who is Jesus he's, a, he's the light isn't he He's the light of our life. And this is what this is bringing out here. But he's doing that in a progressive growth way in 2 Peter 3 and verse 18. It says, until the day dawns, and that happens continually. So the day that Christ is for us, that eternal life, is dawning on us through bringing out the scriptures. And then the morning star arises in your hearts. And this is God preparing each of us individually for our face-to-face -face meeting with him. In 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 12, now we see through a glass darkly. Again, we know that the glass is the reflection, the mirror uh, of the word, and dark means by faith. But then it says, then face-to-face. -face. Then face-to-face, -face. and that's Revelations 2 and verse 17, where we go into intimate fellowship with him for all eternity. And that's what he's preparing us for right now. Until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your heart. See, he's the morning star. Soon, soon his presence will light up the whole earth. We see this in Malachi, the fourth chapter, specifically in those first two and three verses there. We see that very clearly. 
But this, he says, but know this, first of all. This is what he wants us to know, first of all. That no prophecy of Scripture is of one's own interpretation. So nothing about prophecy has to do with our own interpretation. Because if we interpret it apart from God, who is love, what do we do? We fear. We fear. But also, who we are in Christ. Who we are in Christ is not a matter of one's own interpretation. Verse 21. For no prophecy was ever given by an act of human will. But men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. This brings out for us, as children of the light, and that's who we are, we're not children of darkness, what is going on in this particular uh, world system under Satan's control. We're not. We're children of the light. That's Ephesians 5 and verse 8. And that is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 5 through 8. We are not children of the night. Christ's absence, physical absence, but not absent from our hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit. But we're children of the day, and that's why he's called, he's called the day star. The day star. And what do the stars do? When, when do we see the stars? When do we see them? We see them at night. The night speaks of Jesus' absence. Physical absence, where? From the earth. But is he physically absent in us? In 2 Corinthians 4, 7, no, we have the treasure. Christ is in these fragile clay jars. That's who he's lit up. Isn't that amazing? He, he wants who he is in us to be lit up in terms of this intimate uh, fellowship and relationship that he so deeply desires to do based upon what he's done. That's Philippians 2.12 and 13. It's, it's, it, it really brings it out. We're to work out our own salvation with a reverence and trembling. God is bringing us back. The wake-up call to us as heavenly people that are on the earth, but still, his heavenly people where multitudes are still in his presence right now in heaven. The wake-up, there's a wake-up call, and that wake-up call for us as believers is that he wants us to, to experience the reverential awe of his presence. Because that will do away with fear. You see, there's a difference between reverential awe. This is called godly fear. It's not the fear of timidity. It's not that or the fear of punishment, Galatians. No, it's a reverential awe of the depth of his love for us. That keeps out the wrong kind of fear, even when God is dealing with prophecy. The reason I bring these things up and I say it's really the reason that God has brought this up in a very sobering way this morning is what has happened to Israel, and it's going on right now. Uh, listen, I, I, I hope to God that I can bring it in a way that God can, through me, by the power of the Holy Spirit, bring it in a way so that we can understand the intensity and the solemnity how solemn it is, yet still having a reverential fear, not a fear of terror in Philippians 1 and verse 28, not that kind of fear, but a reverential awe. And he, and, and he wants, he, and through this, he's waking us up. What is happening right now in Israel is literally prophecy being fulfilled. It is not only to that point, but that point 
of what has happened in Israel is a very specific point for us to realize in 2 Peter 1, 19-21. It's very, very specific. The last time that there was any war that Israel said would happen against its enemies was in 1973. That was 50 years ago. You know, the word 50... The word 50 is very predominant in the scriptures. So when we see it in the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, that there were 49 years of when there was work. And this all goes into prophecy. Can't go into it specifically right now. Because then we would lose, I, I believe, the train of thought that God would have us to, uh, to entertain right now. But that, then there would be a 50th year. It was called the year of Jubilee. The year of Jubilee, where everyone would rest. And it was indicative of and pointed to that Sabbath rest that was spoken about in John 2, uh, in Genesis 2, 1 and 2, after God finished his creative work. Not to confuse us at all, but that was Yom Kippur. That war, they called it the War of Yom Kippur. Now, for in Hebrew, Yom Kippur is what we transcribe and bring over into our English language, which is, was the Day of Atonement. The most holy recognized of, of the Sabbath and the teaching and the feast in, in terms of the Jews. That happened 50, the first time, that happened 50 years ago. 50 years ago. Right now, this attack came right against Israel. So Yom Kippur it begins in, in the middle to the end of September into October. And that's when they were attacked when they were celebrating Yom Kippur, which is the Day of Atonement. Now, we know that Christ and atonement has to do with propitiation for the Jews. It's for them. They're recognizing their sins. They're, they're asking God forgiveness. They're still doing that. We don't have to ask for it. We are. <laughs> That's why in 1 John 1, 9, it doesn't say that we confess our sins. It doesn't say to pray for forgiveness. It says we simply confess what's already happened. They're still doing that. But this is very significant as what has happened right now. Extremely significant. Because it is, even as much as it is Hamas and Hezbollah, it's Iran backed. The nation of Iran is backing this whole thing in Israel. Who are backed by China and Russia. It's very significant how Biden, for a prisoner swap, gave them $6 billion that was being held, gave Iran $6 billion. Do you think they might be using that right now in, in a very intense way? So this is an attack on God's earthly people. What this goes into is, first and foremost, what this goes into in the scriptures is this, and I'll read this here. We know that God is preparing Israel for their final resting place for Christ when he comes back. We see that in Revelations, the 19th and 20th chapter, where he comes back and he reign, rules and reigns on the earth. Has Christ ever ruled and reigned on the earth when he came in his first advent, his first coming? Never did. He will in his second advent. The first advent had to do with his absolute humiliation in terms of propitiation, substitution, and reconciliation. 
The second one will be in glory with intense judgment, and that goes into Revelation, the sixth chapter through the 18th chapter, to set up the 19th and 20th chapters of Revelation. These things we have, do we have a more sure, certain understanding of this prophetic word? Should every believer have that? You should. Everyone should. Because I'm telling you, what this points to here for us as the church, and this is the wake-up call. Here's the wake-up call, and those are the two things that God uses to wake us up. What's happening with prophecy? Israel is God's timepiece on the earth. So if we want to know what's happening on the earth, we look to Israel. That's what we look to. And so in Ephesians, the fifth chapter, and this is what this is put. This is how this is brought out. In Ephesians, the fifth chapter, says this in verse 8, For you were formerly darkness prior to our salvation, but now you are light, where? In the Lord, that we're positioned in him, who's the light in John 8, 12, and the other scriptures that God has given us. But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. That always brings in a reverential awe of God through Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth, and all these things are in Christ, and ours in him as the source. Right? So, it says here again, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. See? He's got, he's, he wants to wake us up as believers. We are not our own in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. We're not our own. We have no right to live for ourselves apart from Christ. And two things he's using to wake us up. All of what is happening right now in Israel, it's not just all the skirmishes that happened in between. It's not just what happened with the Balfour Declaration in, in, in the year of 1917. And everything else that went forward to that, to the time in 1948, under the Harry S. Truman administration between the dates of, uh, in that 48th year of the 1900s, between the 47th and 48th year, where they ran up that flag for Israel once again to be a state there. Really was something that they did apart from God. They did it apart from Christ because they rejected their, their Lord, their Messiah, in John 1, verse 11, as a nation. And they're paying the price for that deeply right now. But we, we're trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. What do we don't live? Do we live as children of the light? Do we live to please ourselves? Is that our life? Or is it to please him who pleased the Father and everything he did in John 8, 29, and Romans 15, verse 3. Uh, again, I, I, I want us to go back again. This is Ephesians 5 and verse 6. Let no one, verse 6, let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, don't be partakers with them. Listen, we're not to live like the world. We don't live pleasing ourselves. 
We don't. And we have two wake-up calls. Prophecy and who Christ is in us. Well, do not, in verse 11, we're to learn in verse 10, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness. Don't live like the world. Don't be concerned, first and foremost, with the things of the world. All those things are brought out in Matthew 6. Those 34 verses there, the details of life, versus depending upon God for, for everything. And being occupied with them continuously. We, this is a wake-up call for us. It's a wake-up call. All the signs, and we're going to see it in the scriptures, all the signs are pointing to the second advent. But what has to happen prior to the second advent, his second coming on the earth, to set up his kingdom and glory, to deal with all of Israel's enemies and heads, is called the rapture has to happen in between that. That's how close we are to being raptured off this earth, to go to be with them as heavenly people, then after the seven-year tribulation period in Revelations, the 19th chapter, we come back with him. Then he sets up his kingdom for Israel on the earth. But it will be a glorious kingdom, far exceeding the kingdom of David and Solomon for his Jewish people, the people of Israel, the two parts of Israel, Judah, the southern part, in Israel, the northern part. Two tribes in the north, ten in the south. So don't, do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. For it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done to them in secret. Now here's the wake-up call for us. But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light. For everything that becomes visible is light. For this reason, it says, awake, sleeper. He's speaking to Christians. Wake up. Wake up. Stop living for yourselves. Stop living to please yourselves. Wake up. Why? Because how close is the time? Closer than we ever thought. And the signs are pointing for the second advent. That's being that's prophecy going to be completely and utterly fulfilled. Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead. The dead sleeping, separated from him. Separated by living just to please ourselves with the details of life. When all of this is going on. Do, do, do we honestly, and without fear now, remember that reverential awe keeps out torturous, destructive fear. It keeps it out. Again, this is brought, brought to light in Philippians chapter 1, verses 28 and 29. There's no question about it in verse 27 of that same chapter. There's no question about that. But arise from the dead. Dead passivity, sleeping in the world, occupied with the things of the world. When all of the, do we not see earthquakes happening all over the place, do we? Nation rising against nation. But even foremost, the very timepiece, the very hands of the clock of time is Israel. 
how significant is what is what is happening right now? Fifty years. It's been fifty years since the nation of Israel claimed war, all-out war. Benjamin Netanyahu, just for a little sidelight, Benjamin Netanyahu, he was voted in as prime minister. He's been in and out. But when he was voted in in 1995 as prime minister of Israel, this is what he said. He made this statement. He said, I believe that I will be the man in power in Israel when Moshiach, Messiah, comes back. That's second advent. He was voted out several times. Guess who's in power right now? And guess who has just declared war 50 years to the present? When did it happen? Yom Kippur. What day was that? It's very significant. The Day of Atonement. Day of Atonement. Now for us, that's been done. Because atonement goes into those Greek words, different Greek words that have to do with reconciliation. Now we, as his heavenly people, have been reconciled to him. We have. Israel has not. They rejected him and still live in the terrible destructive consequences of that rejection. I heard a man speak. He said, in Israel, we're all together, religious and secular. There is no difference. There is no difference there. There isn't. No difference there whatsoever. But all things are become visible when they are exposed by the light. For everything that becomes visible is light. You see, the day dawning in us. This is going back to 2 Peter 1, 19. He's preparing us to be raptured into his presence. And we need to wake up to that. Because very soon, very soon, Second Advent, very soon, all the signs right now are pointing towards it. All of it. For this reason, it says, awake sleeper. Sleeping in the world system. Sleeping like, like the dead world. Dead in terms of God, not in their thoughts at all. In Psalm 10, verse 4. In Psalm 50, verse 21. Arise from the dead. And Christ will shine on you. will give you light. Therefore, be careful how you walk. Not as unwise men and women. Not as unwise, but as wise. Christ is our wisdom. He's our power and our wisdom. In 1 Corinthians 1, 24. Making the most of your time. Jesus said, walk in the light while you have the light. Because there's going to be a time when you won't have it. The enemy convinces us. You have time to come and hear the, the word when you want to. No. John 12, 35 and 36 makes that very clear in the scriptures. Very, very clear. We don't have any wisdom apart from the scriptures. We don't. None of us do. Making the most of your time because the days are what? What are the days right now? Are they not evil? Do we not see what's going on in our country right now? It's all ripening for judgment. The judgment of the nations. It's Matthew, the 25th chapter. Now, judgment, we know, chastisement in 1 Peter 4, and we'll read that. We'll see it, because in, in the King James, it, it says it, but it doesn't give a very 
a very good translation of that. That's why translations can only take you so far and they fall short of the original. They fall very, very short of that. It doesn't say the times of judgment. It, it does not say that here in 1 Peter 4 and verse 17. Even in certain translations, it says, For it is time for judgment to begin with the household of God. It doesn't say judgment. It's chastisement. Because, listen, Christ has been already judged in our stead, in our place. But God is correcting us to wake up with correction, with the light of the word, with loving chastisement. For it is time for chastisement to begin with the household of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if it is with difficulty that the righteous are saved, what will become of the godless man and the sinner? Amazing. What are the times that we are in? Now, in terms of Israel, is judgment coming for them? And has it been? Yes, that's fulfilling. That is the fulfillment of Jeremiah, the ninth chapter, in the 25th verse. This is continuing. Ours has ended in Christ. That's why it's chastisement. Correction. God wants to correct us. And he needs Christians to wake up and to see it. What are we, what are we to see? This is what we're to see here. And this is where we are. You can see what God is doing right now with Israel. You can see it very clearly. The only way we can is through the light of the scriptures. So in Matthew, the 23rd chapter, he is dealing with where they're living at. Right now, in this self-righteous pride and rejection of God by rejecting his son, we see this in John 5, 22 and 23. You reject the son, you reject me, said God the Father. And that's what Israel has done in, in John 1 and verse 11. And the whole 23rd chapter goes right up, and you can read it and understand it. But here is Matthew 23, verse 37. It says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Listen to what he's saying. Who kills the prophets, all sent by God to, to warn them, to wake them up, and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together. The way a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you are unwilling. You refuse to submit your will. Behold, your house is left to you desolate. And boy, if you want to know what that word goes into. Even right now, in, in, with Hamas and Hezbollah backed by Iran, what they're doing right now to Israel, they have fired into civilian areas, killing men, women, and children. Over 600 right now and climbing. Where they have captured men, women, and children and holding them right now hostage. I can only imagine what's going on with them. I can only imagine the evil of men and what they will do. We need to wake up because this is God's clock for us right now. It is without any question about it. Behold, your house is, is being left unto you desolate. For I say to you, from now on, you will not see me until you say, Oh, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They're speaking of Christ coming back. In Revelations 1, 7, 
behold, he comes with the clouds and innumerable hosts of angels. But the church, us, descending from heaven, coming down to the earth, and it says every eye will see him. With technology that we have right now, every eye had the availability to see him. And then it says, and they which also pierced him, and that's the Jews that gave him over to the Roman governor to have him crucified. Because they said, not this man in John 1840, they said crucify him, basically murder him in John 1915. Thank God it was his plan of salvation for us, ultimately for Israel too. But for us right now, it is 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 7, 8, all the way down from 9 to 16, we have the mind of Christ. But here it says this, and you can read, because the, the original Koine Greek New Testament flows, there's no chapters or, or verses. Uh, uh, distinctions between chapters. It flows beautifully. So it flows right into the 24th chapter to say what's going to happen. And it happened, and Jesus was telling him, them on the Mount of Olives. He was teaching them prophecy of what's going to happen. That's what he was doing here. And they said privately in Matthew tw uh, 24 and verse 3, tell us when will these things happen and what will be the sign of your coming? You're, you're coming. Because he's already there. First heaven. What would be the sign sign of your second coming? We're seeing it. We're seeing it. And of the end of this particular age. Jesus answered and said to them, See to it that no one misleads you. For many will come in my name, saying they have, they, saying that they have my nature, saying I am the Christ, and will mislead many. This is happening church history more than we could even get into at this particular time with all kinds of cults and every kind of thing you can think of. You will be hearing, you will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not frightened. <laughs> this one. For those things must take place, but that which is, but that is not yet the end. For nation for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom in various places. Listen, there will be famines. Oh, we haven't made here in this country <laughs> for now. But in other countries, people are starving to death, literally, for food, starving to death. Famines in other places of the world. We're numb to it because it's not here. We're numb to it, but thousands and thousands and millions starve every day. Famines right now going on. And earthquakes. Just heard of another earthquake in Afghanistan. 6.2 or something like that on the scale. Thousands killed. Does it touch us? What does it all mean? It's, it's a wake-up call for us as believers. Awake. Rise from the spiritual dead. Christians, those that are in Christ, stop living like those that are in the world. Overwhelmed with details and everything else. When all of this is going on, to cause us fear? No, to get us ready. To get us ready. But all these things are merely the beginning of birth pains. Then they will deliver you to tribulation and will kill you. You have no... Do we have any idea how much Christianity is Christ is absolutely detested and hated right now in our country? not coming, it's here. It is not coming, it is here. 
that is here right now. This wake-up call. It's a wake-up call. They will deliver you to tribulation and will kill you. And you will be hated by all nations because of my name. Now, he's speaking this to Israel. But we, is Christ hated in our country right now? Is he? Like never before. Where is Christ residing right now? Yes, he's in the heavens. But is he in us? Yes. Well, if they hated, Jesus said, if they hated me first, they're going to hate you. Because I'm in you. That's John 15, 18. They're going to hate you. Anti-Semitism, hatred to the Jews. Anti-Christian, hatred. Muslim, Koran is all based on that. Hatred of Jews and Christians. Murder them, kill them. You will be hated of all nations because of my name, my person, and my nature. At that time, many will fall away and will betray one another and hate one another. Many false prophets will arise and will, will mislead many because lawlessness is increased. Is that What's it like in our country? Is there a lot of lawlessness going on right now? Is increased. Most people's love, because of all these things, will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end, he will be saved. Of course, we already are speaking to Israel, but there is timepiece for us to wake up to. This gospel of the kingdom, you see, the gospel of the kingdom, the difference between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God is absolutely, he rules and reigns throughout all eternity. This is based on Isaiah 57 and verse 15. But the kingdom of heaven is God's rule on earth. Has that taken place yet? No. Do we have the kingdom within us? Yeah, that's Christ. Then it's going to be outwardly. He has. Is he ruling and reigning over us inwardly right now? Or are we living like the world? Got enough money? Got enough food? Got enough place to live? All these things. Read Matthew 6, 1 through 34. The details of life. How we may please ourselves and make it as comfortable as we can. Put our head in the sand with all famines, earthquakes, wars are all going on around us. Are we sleeping? Or has, has the alarm clock began to ring on God's timepiece, Israel, what we're seeing right now? is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. This is our news. This is something the media does not report. This is, this is our newspaper. This is our news right here. No fear, but a lot of preparation. A lot of preparation. This gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. Then the end will come. Now this is going into the thousand year millennial reign here. Revelation is the 20th chapter. But then the end goes into the eternity of the eternities and we see that in Revelations chapter 21 and 22. You see, the book of Revelations is not hard to understand. It's easy when we submit to him. And he will make it so easy for us to understand. But there has to be a hearing and submission. There has to be entreatability. There has to be a hunger for God's word. Nothing takes precedence over it. Nothing for any of us. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, this happens in 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter. 
which was spoken of through Daniel the prophet. You'll see that. You see that very clearly in Daniel, uh, in the chapters of Daniel 7 through 9. We'll see that very clear. Standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. And those who are in Judea must flee to the mountains. Whoever is on the housetops. It goes all the way down. But then it goes into, and don't have time to get into it. But boy, we need to be have some teaching on prophecy. But what God is doing with us, and what he's been doing with me personally. He's always dealing with me personally about the light of who Christ is in me. And that involves chastisement, instruction, constant learning me right here. Hours on end doing it. Hours on end. But then teaching me prophecy. They're always together. We see that in 2 Peter 1, 19 to 21. There's, there's this beautiful balance that he has for us until we go into the, uh, to see him face to face again in 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 12. But follow it all the way down through of what's going to happen. What is happening right now in Israel is a prelude to what's going to happen during the seven-year tribulation, of which you and I will never be a part of. There is no wrath for us. Tribulation period has to do with the wrath of God being poured out on reprobate Israel and all her enemies to prepare true Israel. And Paul talked about true Israel. He did it in the first three verses of chapter 9 of Romans and the first three verses of chapter 10 in Romans. He, he taught it. He taught that to prepare them. And the true Israel that he talked about in Galatians 6, verse 16, true Israel. There's going to be a true Israel when they'll all, multitudes will finally repent and say, oh my God, he it is. He always was the Messiah and he is. This is Revelations 1 and verse 7. Listen, all of this is coming to fruition right before our eyes. Do we see it? Do we see it? Or are we living like the world? It's the easiest thing to do is to forget God and live like the world. Just details of life. Where we're going to go, what we're going to do. Meanwhile, all of this is going on around us. It's God's wake-up call. All the way down to the, the uh, 29th verse. But, all, but immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from the skies and the powers of the heavens goes on into all of these. We don't have time to go into the depth of this. We don't have the time to go into it right now. But what, what God would have us to see, and you can see his glorious return is brought out. Perilous times, that's what's being brought out right now. And what we're seeing, the beginning of sorrows, we're seeing it. We'll be delivered from the worst of it, the seven-year tribulation period. And he's preparing us. But we see the perilous times brought out in Matthew 24. We see his glorious return brought out. That's the second advent. Then we see the parable of the fig tree, Israel. And then you go into the parable of the ten virgins. And then the judgment of the nations. You see, this is all brought out. This is all what's being prepared. And going on right before our eyes right now. Right before our eyes. It's going on right now. War. I mean... Not just skirmishes. This is outright war declared. Declared. I can't help but think this has something to do 
and I'll close very soon, but I can't help but think this has something to do. Why did these two wars right now brought up that had to do with Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, preparing Israel for their true day? Us is our, our day has already been had. Christ is the day star. What is it? Is, is it dark right now on this earth? Is it? Yeah. Well, who's guiding us? Who is it? He's our day star. Is he just above interceding or is he in our hearts leading us through these dark times? Yes. He's our day star. Soon his kingdom will come on the earth, the kingdom of heaven, and light up the whole earth. That's brought out again in Malachi, the fourth chapter. We see it very clearly there. And every Christian should know these things. Every Christian. Every single Christian should be able to know these things because God has given them to us. He has. But we can see it here. We see the preparation here in Hosea. And this is him dealing, this is him dealing with, the, with the nation of Israel here very clearly in the scriptures. Here in Hosea, the sixth chapter, and verse 1, it says, Come, he's speaking to Israel, come. Come. Let us return to the Lord. He speaks it in Isaiah, the first chapter, all the way to the end of that chapter, but specifically 16 to 19 in Isaiah, the first chapter. Come, let us return to the Lord. For he has torn, unbelievable, brought on themselves destruction, and he had to allow it because they rejected him, and they reject him to this day, the nation. For he has torn, but he will heal us. He has wounded us, but he will bandage us. He'll heal us. He will revive us after two days. Boy, two days. The numbers in the Bible are very significant. Two can be a separation to the goodness of God through Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit, or it can be separated unto evil and Satan. Two days. Now here... We see prophecy again here with the two days in, in Hosea, the sixth chapter, in the second verse. There's two days. Jesus was cut off. How long has he been cut off from the nation of Israel? How long has he been cut off? It's been at least 2,000 years since he's been cut off, crucified on, on Calvary, and is in heaven right now, waiting to come back, with us to come back with him in the rapture. The rapture has to happen before the second advent. The second advent, all the signs are prepared for his coming. Now! Are we at our heads in the sand? Or is he preparing us? Two days. Two days. One day with the Lord is as a thousand years. A thousand years is one day in his sight. This is Psalm 90, verse 4. This is 2 Peter 3 and verse 8. It's been 2,000 years since he's been gone. He will come back. It says it here. He will revive us after two days, 2,000 years. We're seeing this in fruition coming to pass. He will revive us after two days. He will raise us up the third day. One day is as 1,000 years. This is talking about millennial reign of Christ on the earth, his kingdom. But Christ is ruling and reigning for that thousand years. Will you and I rule and reign with him? This is truth in the Bible that's for every Christian. Not just some. It's for everyone. The prerequisite of it is being hungry. 
for the word, feeding on the word, not just the things of the earth, things of the world, details, living like the unsaved under the deception of Satan. Revelations 12, 9, he deceives the whole world. Yeah, everything's going to be the same. It's not the same. Our country's not even the same at all. At all. And what's going on in the world, especially in Israel. Two days. The third day, he's, he's saying, I will rise you up. That's, a, that's millennial reign. That second advent, millennial reign, dealing with his enemies, Revelations, the 19th chapter, setting up his kingdom, Revelations, the 20th chapter, fulfilling scores of prophetic scriptures that we don't even have the time to get into the multitude of them. Two-thirds, listen, two-thirds of the word of God are prophecy. You mean to tell me it's not for us? We want to just stay little Sunday school Christians? Believing the lie that's beyond our capacity? Well, who is our capacity? It's Christ. Having to do with both. Prophecy and this light. Two days. He will revive us after two days. He will raise us up on the third day that we may live before him. He's speaking to Israel. He's preparing them right now. He's preparing them with what is going on with Russia. See Russia in the scriptures. No question about it. Russia. Ezekiel chapters 38 and 39. Russia. China. And Iran. Did you see the pact? Did we see how uh, Russia and China and Iran came out as all for each other? Did we see that? Mm -hmm. Who do you think is backing Hamas and Hezbollah against Israel right now. Right now, we're looking at prophecy. We're looking at it. Who do you think's behind it? It's Iran. Who's Iran without China and Russia? Who's China and Russia without the oil that Iran has? It's unbelievable. And we are seeing it today. We are seeing it. And it is God's wake-up call for us. He's waking us up from sleeping in the world, from passivity. He wants to wake us up with this truth. Love so that we don't live in fear. We live in the light of who Christ is, the day dawning in our hearts. Because when that does, when, when, when we get lit up with the love of God that has accomplished everything that we could never do that Christ fulfilled by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then he wants to light us up with that. But also we, have, we, have, we don't live on the earth like earthly ones under Satan. Under deception, everything's going to be the same. Not that we don't enjoy, but oh my God, our view has to be heavenly. Everything about our view should be heavenly. This is Colossians 3, 1 through 3. Colossians 3, verse 2 set your, says, Set your mind on things above. That's the light of who we are in Christ, dawning on us and in us right now, preparing us through suffering in Romans 8, 18, and 2 Corinthians 4, 17. 18 preparing us for the rapture to take us off the earth then the judgment comes down the seven-year tribulation period where he deals where everything is so-called beautiful peace for the first three and a half years now while that's going on we're on our honeymoon with christ in revelations the 19th chapter specifically 7 through 9 all of this truth is all of ours by the way it's all of ours first three and a half years will be everything's supposed to be so nice we have the beast and the false prophet 
the false church. You see that in Revelation, the 17th chapter. Very significant. Signs. What do signs do? Come on. What are, are traffic signs? In a sense, what are all the signs that are in traffic? What are they doing? They're what? Warning us. <laughs> not, not to live in fear. God isn't bringing this for us to live in fear, but to prepare us. To live in preparation. To be prepared. To be disciplined. Signs. Slow down. Danger ahead. These signs for us. That is what's going on right now in Israel. He's preparing us right now as Christians for our face-to-face -face meeting. That second three and a half years of tribulation, if you, from the time that Adam fell till that, up to that point of the last three and a half years of tribulation, if you take all the wars and all the evil that happened, will pale in comparison to those three and a half years. He's preparing this earth. We are not an earthly people. This is Colossians 3, verse 2. Set your mind on things above. Listen, not on things of the earth. Details of life, money, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. No. No. He, has, he knows what we have need of even before we ask. In Matthew, the sixth chapter, he knows that. He knows it, and he's preparing us in the most incredible way. And it's, it's his love with the light of who Christ is by the power of the Holy Spirit to give us this understanding. And we have it. We can understand these things, you know. We can. Do we want to? Are we willing to, to do it? Will there be labor involved? There is. There is. But what we can see right now is just with what is going on. Read Matthew, the 24th chapter, the signs of his coming. Matthew twenty, uh, Matthew twenty four and, and verse thirty seven. It said, "As the as the days of Noah, as the days of Noah, so will the coming of the Son of Man be." As as it was in the days of Noah, what were those days like in Genesis six and verse eleven? Violence. Is there any violence going on in the world today? Being perpetrated on Israel right now, in our country right now. Literally, watch, read the news. Read, read the news. Watch it. See it. See how it lines up with the scriptures. Unbelievable. As it was in the days of Noah, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. be. It's, it's, it's Genesis 6, 11. And every man did that which was right in their own eyes. They didn't want anything to do with God in Genesis 6, 5 and 8, 21. They didn't want a thing to do with him. He was not in any of their thoughts. In John 10, verse 4, is Christ in any of our thoughts when we get up? Or is it details, plans, food, money, job? What are we going to do here? Yeah, <laughs> Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. For you die, you're dead. You're dead to those. You're dead. And your life is hidden with Christ and God. For Christ, who is our life, when he appears, when's he going to appear to us? In finality. It's called the rapture. Then we will appear also with him in glory. Heavenly. We're not an earthly people. We are a heavenly people on this earth. We're in this world system. In John 17 verse 16. Like, like, like Jesus was in John 17 14. But we're not of it. And he wants us to wake up. So Father I do pray that you continue to wake us up. Without, with your love. With your light without fear, 
without worry, without living like the world, God, please. And I do pray. I can't even keep up with the amount of the preponderance of the scriptures that you gave this morning. Pray for the peace of Israel. Psalm 122 and verse 6. Until their king of peace. And Isaiah 9 verse 6 comes back and sets up his kingdom. When we come back with him, he's preparing us to meet him face to face and then to rule and reign with him over Israel and the nations for a thousand years before we go into the eternity of the eternities. And Father, thank you for your, your loving, lit up. You want to light us up in Psalm 34 and verse 5. And when you light us up, there's no shame. There's no shame about who we are in Christ. You want to light us up. Oh, Father, thank you so much for your truth this morning and, and, and your loving discipline, your loving preparation. Chastisement begins in the house of God in 1 Peter 4, verse 17, so that so that, that judgment will happen on Israel in, in Jeremiah 9, verse 25. But we can't boast. God, don't let us boast. Don't let us boast. This goes into Romans, the 11th chapter. The church, the heavenly church, cannot boast themselves above even what backslidden Israel is going through right now. What, it, what has been set up there now since May 17, 1948 has been a work of man. God has allowed it, but it won't last because what man does without God never lasts. Never. That's why we don't go after these material things on this earth because they're not going to last. Heaven and earth will pass away. My word will not pass away. And Matthew 24 and verse 35 and Isaiah 40 and verse 8. None of these things. But you're the treasure. You're the treasure. You're the true, true treasure, God, in us right now. In 2 Corinthians 4, 7. The treasures of wisdom and knowledge from Colossians 2 and verse 3. That's the gold, silver, and precious stones. And I don't want to live in wood, hay, and stubble here on this earth that will be consumed by your holiness. And it has been, and you'll prove that at the Bema Seat. But thank you, Lord, for this wake-up call, this loving warning so that we can rest in your love and be prepared because the freedoms we think we still have in this country are completely already gone, just waiting to be exposed. Father, thank you for your counsel, your love. In Jesus' name, amen.